0: Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford. I have a cool review that someone uh, wrote for us. I, I, it's very kind of them uh, on Monday this week. He said, Empowering uncommon sense is what he said. I've been listening to Zach since almost day one of his podcast. So thank you so much, Flamboy88, whoever you are, for listening to the podcast all the way back to, uh, I think it was October 2019 is when we started. Uh, and what did he say? And I had, and have loved his approach and content. Having earnestly tried countless 12 step programs, manuals, and books, and only ever had sporadic moments of sobriety, Zach's mindfulness coaching approach really helped me think about things differently and turn a corner. So, you're welcome. And thank you for the review. Thank you for letting everybody know. That's pretty awesome of you to do that. I'm super excited for your success. And that's really why we do this. That's why Darcy and I love to talk about pornography. <laughs> we will. If you call us, we will talk to you about porn all day long. That's um, that's our favorite thing to do. Darcy, in fact, got a text on Sunday from a woman who was distraught and she's very frustrated. And we were having, uh, she, she seemed to be having a, a bit of trouble with her mindset around pornography uh, because her husband had been, really had just kind of let her know what was actually going on for him. And Darcy, I'm not kidding, you spent like four hours on the phone with her. So, you know, she might spend four hours on the phone with you if that's what you need. So this week during a coaching session with my client, we were discussing agency and how language matters and the way that we perceive our struggles and engage with our trials. As we were talking about pornography, we were going over the different ways that we deal with other things that we abstain from, in particular, beer. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'll just touch on it briefly here. But if you want to go like super in-depth on this, that's what we have the membership for. That's how Darcy and I help coach people through this process and really dig into what's actually happening for them and apply these concepts to their real life situations. So here on the podcast, we love to give you the information, but if you really want to dig in and make changes, come to the open coaching, which is in the membership or come to individual coaching. It's a great opportunity for you to actually solve the problem in a way that is really personal and really in depth for you. Going back to beer, right? <laughs> Going back to beer, uh, that's probably not a phrase anybody ever thought I would say on the podcast, right? Most of us have been offered a beer in our lives. When I worked for an insurance company, I, <laughs> I even had a coworker tell me that he was going to you know, get me to drink a beer as if it was some sort of badge of honor for him. And to be fair, we lived in Wisconsin at the time, which it has this really deep tradition and culture of drinking. It is home to like a number of major breweries. And Milwaukee, which is the biggest city in the state, has more bars per person than any other city in the country. So basically drinking beer is a way of life in Wisconsin and totally unrelated to this story, two fun facts. In Wisconsin, you can take your 12-year-old to the bar and they will serve them beer if you consent to have them served. And your first seven drunk driving offenses, I'm not kidding about this, uh, for the longest time, your first seven drunk driving offenses were just misdemeanors. So... That's how big beer is in Wisconsin. So in that interaction with my coworker, I was, you know, I was polite and I was happy to banter with him, but I wasn't gonna drink beer with him. And uh, I was, you know, I would say things like, I am i don't drink and it's just not something that that's for me. And he pressed me and he kept saying things like, oh, you're not allowed to drink because your church says so. And I found myself double checking my reasons for not drinking. And it was never really a doubt for me. It wasn't like I was like, oh, should I drink? It was simply a check at my core of why it was that I never had a beer. And I didn't feel like I wasn't allowed to drink. I didn't feel like my church would cast me off if I had a beer. I didn't feel like my wife, Darcy, would be upset and leave me if I had a beer. You know, some of you may remember that Darcy joined the church as a teen and her family aren't members, so they all drink. It came down to this. I felt like I could drink a beer with this coworker if I wanted, but I didn't want to. And so I chose not to, it was, it was my choice. It wasn't something I wasn't allowed. So I simply said, I could drink, but I chose not to. And as I was coaching this particular client, we were talking about agency, which is absolutely essential to our ability to own and make decisions, you know i talk about this in depth in my very first episode agency and addictive behaviors and episode 82 eastern the atonement and agency i you know i would highly recommend if you haven't heard those to go back and listen to them and get a sense of how agency works as we were discussing his sense of whether he was choosing pornography and how agency plays into the uh, way we act he said i found that if i say i'm never going to do this again it puts the decision into such a big picture that it's hard to make choices from that long-term perspective. Now, I don't know if you're hearing this the way that I did in that moment, but it was a profound lesson for me. It was this light bulb moment that made my conversations with my coworker in hindsight make so much more sense about who I was and how retaining our agency is such an essential tool that anytime we become rigid and inflexible in our sense of what we will do and what we won't do, that we begin to lose our agency and we begin to lose the battle of our choices. So when someone has asked me why I can't drink, I've always just said, I can but I choose not to. I don't intend to ever drink in the future. I don't think I ever will, It's just not something that's ever been interesting to me. But I've also, in a very real sense, retained my agency even while saying no thanks to alcohol. I've never said I'll never drink. This is what's interesting to me. It's never been about never doing something. So let's just take a step back for a second. After we all get to that place that I think most of us can get, which is that we can drink a beer, but we choose not to. And in this particular moment with my client, I might've taken him through a thought experiment. And I say, What if I could come up with a scenario where I can almost guarantee that you'll drink a beer? And I don't think this is a very far stretch for a lot of people. So I'm just going to take you through it. What if you were stranded on a deserted island and that island had a case of beer on it? And that case of beer is the only thing between you and certain death. You can either drink the beer and live as long as possible and maybe even get rescued, or you cannot drink the beer and definitely die quickly what would you do? I know for me, I would drink the beer. Uh, I I wouldn't feel bad about it. I would simply do it, and I would make the best of a horrible situation. And I think it's easy to see in a life or death situation how we can maybe shift our priorities and values to help us move forward and grow in this life. This is the kind of mental flexibility that I talk about in episodes 108 and 109 on values. I think it's easy to see that my value of living and maybe coming back to my family and having the opportunity to be with them and grow along with them is much more important than my value of living according to a very specific concept, which is Mormons don't drink alcohol. Now, I think that's easy to get to. I don't, I've never had anybody who had a real you know, tough argument with me on that particular idea. But porn is not life or death. And in a way, I don't think we acknowledge our agency the same way when we talk about pornography. With porn, how many of us have ever said, I'm never gonna do that again? We think about pornography in a very different way. We don't see it as something that we are allowed to choose ever. And I'm not saying, just please make sure you understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying porn is okay and you should go look at porn. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is being clear that I actually do have agency and I'm totally allowed to choose to view pornography or not view pornography exactly the same way that I can choose to drink beer or not drink beer is really important as members of the church, when we say things like, I'm never going to do that again, we try very hard to be as rigid as possible about the way that we think about pornography. And I think we try to make it an unequivocal bad, that it's never okay to choose, and that we are addicted if we do choose it. Now, if you want to believe those things, and I'm I'm certain many of you do, then there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to Tell you you're wrong. I'm not going to tell you that this is a bad idea. But my question would be Has it helped you to solve the problem that you're facing right now? Has saying never helped you resolve the issue, or has it made you feel helpless, small, and incapable in the face of a really monumental task, just like my client felt? And here I go. Now I remember very clearly the day that I left the word never behind. I was in the bathroom in the house right next door to this one, actually, and we owned that house before we bought the one that we live in now. And I was standing there with my phone going to the bathroom and my brain offered me the idea that I was alone and that no one was home and I could check out some pornography. It was a quick thought and really maybe it didn't even register as a full sentence like the one that I just used to describe what happened. But it was full of meaning to me. So this usually would have been a fight. I would have you know exercised as much willpower as I could to keep from going down that path. I would have phoned a friend or I would have called Darcy to rescue me, but I, I was really I was honestly, I was tired of the fight. I was tired of the struggle and I was tired of the neediness of having to rely on others to help me manage my brain, knowing that in the end, they really couldn't do that. There's nobody on this planet that can help you manage your brain. So I simply said, yeah, yeah, I can look at porn. I can do that if that's what I want to do. If I want to, I can view pornography. I can look at all the porn I want. And I can stand here and I can search out anything that is interesting to me, all of the normal things that I would look for until I explode, (laughs) maybe literally and figuratively. And then I said, but if I wanna do that, I'll do it later. And it was kind of magic, not because there were wands or fairy dust or any special effects. The magic was that the battle stopped, it was quiet. And I didn't have to fight or run the way that we often talk about when we talk about our pornography struggle. I simply was able to own my agency and say, yes, I can, I can do that. I'm just not going to right now. In our efforts to reassert agency, never is not a word that seems very useful. The phrase I can, however, holds immense power. It's the power to choose. Even if I can make choices that don't live up to my moral standards, i can choose and here's the thing the power to choose gives us the capacity to learn from our mistakes and then to choose differently next time without it we will not succeed at overcoming pornography we will always have a battle on our hands so if you're thinking that's a little scary you know it's scary to have the power to choose it's scary because you might mess up you're not alone You are actually having the same discussion that I think our Heavenly Father had with all of us when his children were given the choice to accept his plan or the plan of the Son of the morning. So once you made the choice to take on your agency, just recognize that once in the time before today, you chose to take on agency. You made that choice. When it comes to pornography, when it comes to your battle with what's happening in your brain and what's happening with who you're being, it's time to make that choice again. It's time to choose agency over control. It's time to choose agency over some rule that maybe you're not quite living up to. It's time to choose agency over what your partner wants. By the way, she may not like that idea, but it is necessary. So be aware and be clear. I can, I can choose pornography. That is available to me. You have to be real about it. You have to be willing to not play both sides of the chess game and go, oh, yeah, I can choose pornography, and then really be like, no, I I can't do that. You have to be real about it. And once you're real about it, guess what you've got? You've got the power to actually choose. Yes and no. Not just one of them. All right, you guys, I'll talk to you next week.